Who are the hardest characters to play efficiently in Street Fighter V? Who are the easiest? Four of us here at Event Hubs have come together to rank the entire 40 character roster in terms of how technical each fighter is to play, and then we averaged our scores to come up with a final list. Dream King, Majin Tenshinhan, Catalyst, and I go through that list today and highlight some of our more notable choices, debate each other's opinions, and explain who we think are Street Fighter V's most technical characters on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. And with me as seemingly always now is uh, Nick Majin Tenshinhan Taylor. Mm. <laughs> I guess I'm back again. Uh, thanks for having me. Yes. Hey, keep passing the baton. Oh, right. Uh, of course, uh, we also have uh, Stephen Dream King Chavez with us. What up, all you cool kittens and cats? What's the line? I don't remember. I don't no. remember the line. John, can you do oh my it? God. I don't, I don't we, remember. We got him to watch it like three months too late. And now he's. it's fun because we're getting to watch Stephen go through the, the chapters of Tiger King and like the, the memes and no one cares any, anymore yeah, at all. That's how but I Stephen's do it. like, oh, guys, this song is so great. Did you hear the oh, Carol Baskin? Hey, man, uh, that song is a, it's a banger, dude. No, no matter what time you listen to <laughs> That song is a damn banger. Better than the out, uh, the the Offspring cover. Yeah, the original's better. Of course it is, dude. Come, yeah, come on now. Got that Joe Exotic <laughs> spice to it. Yeah, Stephen always has to be fashionably late to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like he can't get in right when everyone else does. He's got to be like you know two or three months out, and then he's like, oh, this is amazing. Why didn't you guys tell me about this? I like, never when say we told why didn't you yeah. tell me about this. I just don't like buying into the hype a lot. I get tired of hearing about things a lot, and I don't want to watch them. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way too. But I never say why didn't you guys tell me that was great because yeah. I I don't care. Hey, hey, Steven, did, did you love Weezer until Beverly Hills and then everybody loved him, so you stopped loving Weezer? <laughs> never. Is that how that I played out? I loved Weezer and I still don't like them. I, yeah, I don't like that uh, band at all. All right. Well, you've made a lot of enemies now, so we will get into yeah. it here because we're about to make a heck of a lot more enemies out there in the community, especially if you play Cami. We hear you. We know it. Um, but I will remind people that uh, you can follow along with us here in the story and see exactly which characters we have where. Uh, easy way of doing it. But we are not going to cover all 40 characters in depth because we would have a five plus hour podcast Um there are certain people we feel very passionate about, and we're definitely going to hit on those characters, but we can't cover everyone. We do apologize for that. Um, but the voting process, a few people actually asked us about this, and I wanted to get into it and say that the criteria I looked at is not only the execution required to play a character, but also how is it to be applied at like high levels. Like, Do you have to play a certain way at high levels to actually win? And it's one thing to have a character who has technical stuff, but it's quite another to actually actively have to apply that. Um, it, it's it's You might have it, but that doesn't mean you actually have to use it, right? So some characters who are later on in our list start off relatively basic, and they get more complicated as you level them up. And um, so... Yeah. It, also, another thing I looked at is like having to have a character like control a match like throughout. That's a thing. If you're constantly have to judge your own spacing, your approach, how the matchup is evolving and all that kind of stuff, that's going to weigh heavily in my personal votes um, over people who can just like, you know, unga bunga the entire time and focus on a few sp- uh, like simple things. Right. Rushdown typically, you know, it tends to be in the Ungabunga category for me when it comes to my votes. Um, because if you're looking for a single opening and then, you know, making the opponent hold a bunch of mix-ups, 
that's not like highly technical to me, uh, but I do have a few rushdown characters higher up on my list if they break away from that mold, if they have other stuff they have to do. So I'm definitely not saying all rushdown characters are easy to play, just that some of them tend to be pretty easy in this game and my, my votes reflect that. But But how about you guys? Well, I mean, one thing you told me when I was trying to get like, because I wanted to have a unified vision on it that we're voting on relatively the same things. You said like, how many balls is the character juggling? How much stuff do you need to pay attention to? How much stuff are you looking at during the match? And that was a big factor in what I looked at. But I also think it was important to try and ignore how good or bad a character is because bad characters will inherently be more difficult to play, but that doesn't make them technical, right? Like, obviously I play Alex, uh, it's a struggle to play him. That doesn't mean he's difficult in a technical sense. He's difficult because he's lacking. That's not the same thing. So having to like separate these things in your mind is not easy. And uh, yeah, it became it, it's a very peculiar list in that way because it's very hard to tangibly point out the things we're talking about but that's like the general mindset at least that i had when i was looking at it yeah same for me uh, i looked at basically execution level of course uh how many things that a character has to juggle uh, at the high level and then also um how difficult it is to use those tools uh, properly kind of thing so that was basically you know a combination of what john and nick basically just said was was basically my criteria yeah, a lot of overlap for me as well. Um, one of the things that emerged, though, as I was going through this, and, and you're right, what you said there, Nick, about it's like it's kind of hard to get this like into a tangible place where you can articulate it. One of the things that I kept coming back to um, as I had to make these decisions on my own and make these calls was how how to play these characters efficiently. And that, I think, gets back to something that you were getting at, John, where you're saying, well, maybe this character has a standing heavy punch that you can just spam all day and Flo can make a video out of, and it's, it's funny, but it's also true. But at the same time, maybe beyond that, the character has a lot more and a lot more specific, intricate, nuanced uh, things that they have to pay attention to as they're performing their offense or their neutral or whatever. And and so there's you know there's two different things. And I, was, I went with the rating of the efficiency. I want to see this character played at as far as our understanding the max level of efficiency and that's where i was um looking at this one part of the equation that seemed to keep keep coming up for me though that i wanted to ask you guys' opinion on though briefly and this isn't a huge thing and it doesn't mean that a character is outright just extra technical um, but it just is one of the variables in the equation i was thinking that if you have faster normals they tend to be easier to begin to use. But if you have slower normals, it requires more thought and tact to make those efficient because a faster normal is probably going to work at a few different ranges and it's going to be a little more forgiving. You have to be more precise when you have a lot more startup or any more startup. And so to me, one of the things that uh, immediately would work in a character's favor in terms of if they were technical is if a character didn't have, you know, three frame or a lot of buttons that they like to use that were quicker. They're relatively slower. I think of like Sagat's normals, right? Um, you have to have more nuance in your approach or it's just you're not going to be effective. But I wonder, do you guys agree with that? Do you think it, it gives you a something more on the on the more technical side of the scale if you have slower normals yeah i think in a vacuum that, that matches up perfectly yeah mm -hmm. and there I are many more agree. factors you what i 100 percent agree uh okay. i run into that problem both when i was playing street fighter 5 with alex and now that i'm playing grand blue fantasy with matera 
having slower normals is hell. <laughs> it really is. It's it's a terrible, terrible situation, and you need to put so much more thought into pressing a button than other characters do, because even if they can get whiff punished, that's one thing. But you need to look out for the startup and being whiff punished, and that's just a whole different level of risk game. And that doesn't mean they're not as good. They could be better than no, fast sure. normals, but they require more tact, and that's what we're getting at here. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's it's a bigger commitment to use these bigger normals that are slower on startup and all that. And uh, in this game, commitment is such a huge thing, and, and one wrong step, and it could be your ass kind of thing. So I, I definitely agree there. Cool, because I use that in a lot of my uh, votes here in my opinions, so I'm glad we're on the same page with that. That's the one thing that I don't think we talked about as a group too much and kind of became apparent to me as I was going through the process, but hey, it all worked out, so good. Nice point there. All right, so getting into the list, we have at number 40, Cami, and we were pretty much all in agreement with her. We either had her at the bottom one or the bottom two. Um I don't have a lot more to say about it. I see very few Kami defenders who don't play the character. If you play the character, apparently it warps your mind around thinking that she's really technical and takes a lot to play. But boy, uh, yeah, we've got her dead last for a reason. Um, moving right along here. At uh, number th- oh. I, I can jump in on that actually yep. just real fast. Um, the one thing I will say about Kami in her defense is we're kind of looking at a high level here. I don't know if we mentioned that. This is We aren't talking about these characters being easy for beginners per se. Mm-hmm. Because in that sense, I would put Kami much higher, because I think for a beginner, she would be more difficult. But when we're talking about someone who's good at the game, who really understands Street Fighter and is at least somewhat competitive, uh, I think Kami becomes fairly easy, with the main difficulty being the one-hit confirms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And her her ability to just kind of dial in offense, and she's got a pretty good dial-in offense. Seeing those confirms is her main thing, but it's very doable, especially at the high level. That's something that you know you see very routinely done. Um, it's it's to the point where it's it's good, but it's not spectacular to see it. Um, it's kind of a do your job sort of a thing. And her ability to approach, her speed, she's got a lot of stuff just innately going for her. And the amount of different things that you have to juggle as a cami player seem to be relatively lower than what you're doing with most other characters. Yeah. Uh, I, I would disagree with a relatively lower and just say flat out lower. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. But yeah, I was thinking, First wave of enemies made. Yeah, of course. Well, I, I've, apparently I've pissed off every cami player on the planet. So I saw that. Yeah, I'm just going to keep on going with that. And they, they I mean, keep... I... I... <laughs> I don't want to make him any more mad, but to me, that just confirmed that uh, it's a simple character and, you know, simple. You think they're insecure? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll go ahead and move on so we I, I don't further fan the flames of cami players, but uh, at number 39 is Bison. And I actually will say this is a character I played. He does have some flashy and cool stuff, especially with his V-Trigger 2. But the thing about why Bison is so low here for me is that you don't have to use that stuff to be good. You see Problem X do some of these things. It's impressive. Like, we've put some of these clips up on our website. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, that combo he hit, like, that was legitimate. But then you see, like, Hot Dog do all the core stuff all day long and win just as well with him. So, yeah. Bison has a few complicated juggle combos. Not many, but a few. And it's why I personally gave him an edge over, like, Nikali and Kami. Because I don't think those options even exist for those other two characters. But Bison has them. He just doesn't have to freaking use him to win. Hmm. Even so, so there's an example of even though he has perhaps different routes, they're not necessarily more efficient. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly yeah the the job gets done for him once he goes into that ex stomp you know half the time if all the he gets it if he if he plans it right but he also gets it if they go out into the realm of chaos where both players weren't ready for whatever the other guy was going to do and uh the 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 trades there though or the exchanges almost always go in the favor of the stomp though and he so he has moves like that where they're just coveralls and um where when and when intention is such a big thing in this game when you have a move that covers a lot Ooh, yeah, that's really good. And naturally, it makes you think about fewer options at the same time. So there you go. Just yeah, go ahead. and then he can bait you with the stomp and stuff like that, and the ex devils reverse, and you think you're gonna anti it, and then he he flips back out, and he's fine. He's super invincible, and then he clobbers you anyway. And it's yeah, that character is uh, he's interesting. Every once in a while, you feel like oh, I can mm-hmm. anti this because it looks like it. It's a move that looks like you should be able to, and then you get reminded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I did Alex EX knee, and I just flew next to him. I was just hanging out. It should be sick, right? Alex it, yeah, EX yeah. knee to snatch him out of the air. Yeah, I did it on the way up, and I would just stand there next to him in the air. I, like, nothing yeah. happened until he eventually did Devil's Reverse, and I got, yeah, smacked down. Right I remember Dogura and Bonchan playing a match in tournament, and Dogura did EX stomp with Bison and hit Bonchan, and both of them, like, they showed him, right, because it was to KO and stuff like that, and both of them kind of looked at each other and just started laughing, like, that was dumb. That was so <laughs> dumb, and I mean, Dogura, like, yeah, he's playing the character just going, yeah, that, you know, what am I going to say? <laughs> like, you know, I just I just did it. But uh, speaking of just do it, at number 38, we have Nikali, John Tell us about this character. What about him is just do it. <laughs> Everything? <laughs> but yeah. No. Okay. Uh, I actually, we've talked about Nikali in as one of the most simple to play characters. I've played him for almost all of my Street Fighter V career. He is fairly simple to play. I'm going to, as a player that has been playing him for four years, going to have like the understanding more so of the nuances. And I know where, where it gets a little bit more difficult and things like that. So that got me to bump him up from what what did i put him like third something like that from, from the bottom yeah uh, there are little things you have to juggle around. Like once he's in V trigger, there are certain things you can do or he can't otherwise, and so you have to I don't know know that he's in V trigger for him. Um, he can he some of his combos don't work from certain ranges, so you do have to identify in the moment if you've hit and it's like single hit confirms or two hit sometimes um, which which follow-up to do there's a little a few little things like that and then just his general stubbiness works similarly to what i was talking about with slower normals he's got good normals they're they're fast enough to uh to contend but the fact that they're stubby works in that similar way where he has to be more selective with them um, in order to use them efficiently so that kind of works but it's a bunch of little things that really it's like you can't it's first world problems um Mm. so yeah. yeah, I think I actually rated him as the easiest, and that's even, you know, personal bias aside and everything. I had him and Cammy pretty much matched, and then I thought, you know, Nikali's options and his tools are a bit more limited. Like, he has less to do uh, in any given match than, than Cammy does, <laughs> in terms of just, again, what he's capable of doing, not like a knock on <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, you're right. So that was kind of my mentality there. It's like Cammy and Nikali were super close for me, but it was like Cammy just has more things that she can actually do and thus more things to kind of consider whereas Nikali has a handful of things that he can do and he's very streamlined that's that's what he's designed to do right but that was kind of the deciding factor for me again bias aside I I didn't try to do it as a knock it was just like looking at it that's funny though it's he has less yeah he does I mean he just has (laughs) less in his uh, you know on his tool belt kind of thing and that was where I decided you know I think he's probably the easiest one sometimes you have to think 
about doing a command grab instead of a strike. Okay, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I was I was gonna say, ironically, I voted Nikali higher because the exact opposite of what Steven is saying that Nikali has more to do than Kami, and that's why I considered him slightly more technical because Nikali has a bunch of different options that he needs to consider, while Kami. I mean, she's extremely good at what she does, but she doesn't have an overhead, she doesn't have a command grab, she doesn't have a fireball. She's doing the same thing over and over again because that's what she does. Nikali, I mean, his uh, V-Skill, V-Skill 1, is kind of a fireball. You know, it's not really a fireball, but it functions as a fireball. You play a game with it, though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you have... Um, uh, you have the command grab, of course. All these things, like, he's pretty good at a lot of things. Well, Kami is extremely good at one thing. So I feel with Nikali, you have to think about all these different things. You don't have to think that hard about them, but you have to think about them a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, Kami, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to do standing medium punch, right? What are you going to do when you have the opponent in the corner with Kami? You're doing standing medium punch. Why would you ever do anything else? You're doing standing medium punch. <laughs> it, it boils and then down, with Nikali, right. boils down to buttons. Who's Fisher Price now? Yeah. With Nikali, you're doing a bunch of different stuff. Maybe three things instead of one thing. So it's a little bit different. Three things? I have maybe two. I, it's no, no, no. Three things. Look, he's either doing he's either doing the command grab, or he's trying to go for a throw loop, or he's going for a medium punch or whatever button he likes to press up close. It's one of those, and that's free. <laughs> you just you give two throws as like two different options. That's not okay. Like it's, no, it's they're very you can't take a command attacks. grab. You can't take yeah. a command grab. Yeah. You can't block a command grab either. Grab I know, I know. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to go there on that quote. That's a it's a very loaded quote <laughs> that uh, we got told a long time Ooh. ago. There is such a story behind there, which we'll get into another time. But but yeah, and and this is a, there's no absolute answers here. Like all of our perceptions and all that other kind of stuff. Like it's all fair and legitimate it's how come we had four people vote on this list it's to try to even out you know the averages here and and try to see the the whole perspective as best we could from our team um we all have experience and knowledge in here and you know we're going to get into some of the other characters like uh, at number 37 here birdie and some people are going to be like why is this guy not dead last for you people like how is birdie one of the ultimate of unga bunga just do it characters how did he make it at 37 and like for me it's like well you actually have to juggle some of his you know v skill stuff and like some of his options and you and yeah it's like he he's a little bit better than these other characters that's kind of how i look at him but yeah yeah and he has to play some semblance of a footsie game like mm -hmm. uh it, bison just presses and wins yes. birdie kind of has to whiff punish i think that's a little bit more yeah, I yeah, mean, Birdie has to manipulate. I, yeah, I'm boiling it down a lot now. I mean, Bison can't just press and win. That's not quite what it is. But you know what I'm saying. I'm just I'm well, giving it as straight as possible. In the context of the other characters in this game, he can press it and win. That's kind of like yeah. our point. Like when you start looking at these other characters, you go, oh, wow. Like Bison does not have to do this stuff. But uh, but moving on here, uh, number 36, we have Ken. And then at number 35, we have Alex. And Nick is a Alex advocate, one of the last remaining ones, because why would you support this character? Uh, Nick, what do you think about him? I mean, the main reason I can support him is that I don't really play much anymore. <laughs> so when I do play, I play Lucia. So, but yeah, as for Alex as a character, um, I think you guys, it, from my perspective, you guys have him a bit low, which is natural because I play him. So I'll obviously be biased in thinking he's a little bit more technical than others would. But I think like some things you need to consider with Alex is exactly what uh, Raptor was talking about earlier. 
which is uh, the slow buttons. That's the main thing with Alex. Like, mm-hmm. it's very hard to press buttons with Alex. And another thing that a lot of people don't play Alex, don't really consider, is normally you think, like, okay, so a character which is a, a grappler or at least has a command grab, uh, they have a plus situation. Lariat in Alex's case was plus three on block. And you think, okay, so this is a situation where Alex now has a 50 50. He'll either do a command grab or he'll do a strike. Not quite the case in Alex's scenario, because contrary to almost all the other characters in the game who have command grabs, he is minus four on dash after a command grab, meaning he doesn't have any proper oki. So in the Alex player's head, he will always want to do the strike. So instead, it becomes an 80 20. You, you get what I'm saying? Because he won't want to go for the command grab unless it kills. In a kill situation, it becomes a 50-50. And if the opponent has done their homework on Alex, which a good player will have done, they know it's an 80-20, and that makes the mind game even more frustrating. <laughs> it becomes a completely different mind game, and you often have to settle for going for the command grab, getting the command grab, now you're back in neutral, which Alex loses. So you have a very uphill battle with Alex, not only because he's bad, but because this is how his tool set is worked out. Like... I'm trying to separate him being a weak character and looking at how much do I need to like think and consider this stuff. And another thing is, he's one of those characters that separates between charge and strike. Uh, so a lot of his best situations, you need to have charge, but you're also a character that wants to walk forward, so you're not going to have charge, and then you have to go for something else, and that might be like <laughs> a bad situation here, and it becomes just annoying to think about even um and then you have situations like vega because if i put vega in my supposed blender he can backwalk straight out so now it's not a 50 50 it's a 100 zero and he can just block so that's a thing i'm sure none of you even knew about you gotta, you gotta go low you gotta sweep him on his wake up <laughs> sweep the legs yeah uh but that's another thing, actually. Alex crouching medium kick is slower than maybe half the cast sweeps. Mm-hmm. So at a situation where you want to do crouching medium kick to maybe check them, if they happen to press a sweep, you lose because of normal priority. And even in some cases, not even because of that, because you have characters like Rashid, Guile, Akuma. Um, I know I know there are a bunch of others. I just don't remember to frame that in my head that are all faster than Alex's crouching medium kick with their sweeps. Uh, I think they did make... Al- I can't remember if they made Alex Crouching Medium Kick one frame faster or if they just made the hurt box smaller in the latest patch. But either way, they might be equal in frames now, but even if they are, sweeps still win. So, uh, yeah. There's a lot that goes into Alex's offense that you're probably not expecting when you're on the defensive side because you're approaching him as if he was Sangif. You understand what I mean? Yeah, so that that's why I put Alex a bit higher than you guys did, because it's very taxing to play him, not just because he's weak, but also because there's so much stuff you just need to consider uh, way more than I ever had to do when I played, like... I, I did play Kami for a while. I didn't have to consider as much when I played one of the One of the mental juggling pins that Alex has to use is a, is a pin that is just a existential crisis and sapping away from your from your morality the entire time you're playing and that sure. begins to weigh on your ability to play him and thus makes him a little more technical I think is what sure. you're saying. I mean that that's one thing but uh, it's yeah it's all these interactions where it's not as like as an observer who hasn't like 
looked up Alex specifically that much, you would assume it's this case because this is how fighting games generally are. And if you look at Mika, you look at Laura, you look at um, Sangeef, Abigail, they will have a certain type of Oki after every command grab. I know Laura doesn't get to dash up after hers either, but she can do a standing heavy kick and stuff like that. And you will have this Oki where you're like, okay, well, this is guaranteed. There's nothing like, I, I need to respect this, right? Alex doesn't actually have that at all with his uh, command grab. And that that's why it becomes such a different thing. Another thing to consider, which we've brought up on the podcast every time we talked about Alex, I think, is this factor of playing against Alex where he has a bunch of different special moves and none of them are really... Well, I wouldn't say none of them, but in general, they aren't really that strong. But the fact that he has a bunch of different ones means that you need to be on the lookout for a bunch of different things. He also That's a thing for like Alex a as well. Freaking truck too. Like when he does sure. get those options off on you, it's devastating. But it's just kind of hard for him to get stuff going a lot of times if you can just rush him down and if you've lab the matchup. It's Alex gets exponentially worse the more you lab against him and play against him. It's just you. You're not. It, it it does take a little bit. Like he's a little bit above the normal average of like learning. You know, learning to play against a character. Like he's he he confuses you at first because it's like well I know Alex sucks so I'm just going to body him and he does all this kind of janky stuff to throw you off and you're like oh how come I'm not bodying him like it's he's a mental guard break character in so many ways but the more you you put time in against him like he really starts to fall apart so right because now now we're looking at like a high level and I'm not talking about Alex being bad because that's what I'm trying to separate here but like you said when you're playing against a good player they'll have done the homework they're not going to get mentally guard broken and we play Alex against someone that's not mentally guard broken, you need to work very hard and think very hard about every option you're doing. That's why I think he's... I mean, even I didn't put him that high, but that's why I put him a little bit higher than you guys did. You know, the the if the sadness sweatpants and the I gave up crop top were his regular costume, it would have been the best costume in the game. Because it's a, it's an alternate, they didn't go all in. It doesn't. It's, it's the worst. But if it were sure his initial costume that he just comes with, that would have been the best in the game. <laughs> the meta, the meta on like Alex, like you know, it'd be funny. We trained him wrong. That's a joke. Yeah. Yeah, that's enough Alex propaganda for now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm done. So moving on to number 34, we have Balrog. Number 33 is Ryu. 32 Mika. 31 Guile. 30 ed and then at 29 we have laura and getting into laura here a bit i'll just say that laura got this far up the list despite the perception of her execution being very low end because some of her fireball setups and and things you need to know at higher levels is legit she's not a highly technical character but you need to incorporate a number of things to win with her at the highest of levels she takes a bit to get going. You see some of the, the setups and fireball traps that Idom and others do, and you really start to have respect for high-end Laura players. Low-end Laura players, I get it. I get why she's considered to be kind of whatever, but like in the hands of a very high-level player, you go, okay, they're juggling a good bit here. I can, I can see why she's not a bare-bones character at the highest end of play, but yeah. Yeah, you know, the the group that you just went through, starting with Balrog, one note that I was going to say about Balrog, and now it applies here in a, in a good way to Laura, so I'll say it, is that um, he he's like one of the first characters on the list here where I go, you, you can't just put your quarter in the machine, 
That's weird that that was the first place that my mind went. But you can't just pick up the game and uh, be good with this character because you have to learn a few things about the game first. So you have to be like, I wouldn't say intermediate, but you have to know your way around the game a little bit first. Um, so you know how to do charge and you know how to like space stuff out and just very basic things. But once you do and once you have that, and that's a level that people can get to fairly quickly or rapidly, then the character becomes pretty easy. So as soon as you're past like level two or whatever it is, then the character becomes easy and there's enough of the population that's playing that's past that that can appreciate that where you can make that a factor into how technical they are so balrog is kind of like one of the first there where as soon as you're over that line he's pretty good laura is in a similar situation because once you're over that line with her she's really good and she becomes she's she's more complicated than balrog anyway which is why she's she's higher up here but she's kind of similar like you have to you can't just begin playing with laura and be good especially because of her movement speed and things like that but but once you understand some fairly easy basic things about her and the way the game flows then she becomes good real quick uh yeah uh i would also say that uh, some of what I said about Alex applies here as well. If you do your homework on Laura, a lot of stuff gets blown up, but there's also a lot of stuff that doesn't, and that's the stuff that's kind of hard, which is what John was talking about with like the fireball setups and such. Uh, so I think that's kind of like the thing with Laura. She's easy to scrub with, but if you want to make it out of pools, you're going to need to put in some work. Yep. So at number 27, we have a tie with Blanca and then Zangief. And getting into Geef here a little bit, I'm actually curious why you guys had Zangief so high on, on your list. I actually voted him in the bottom 10, but you guys all had him outside of it. And I'm just kind of curious why. Yeah, um, one of the things that kind of spoke to me about Zangief was just his lack of just do it stuff. Um, he, it, It's not difficult to perform the stuff that he does, but to actually use it in battle and, and be competent with it is seems really difficult i mean I've, I've tried to play him a little bit just to kind of get an idea of what he does but um like i just felt like for him once he gets in he can start doing his stuff but it's so hard to even get there especially at a high level where it's like he doesn't have really a free way in and a lot of his stuff is like you know he'll try to walk down with v skill and absorb you know uh two hits or however many and you know he charges standing heavy punch and stuff it's a lot of big commitment stuff that can get blown up and Again, it's it's so hard to even get to that point where he can actually get his game going that it's it's just for me that was like man that that seems like such a struggle and that you know trying to separate that from being good or bad it's like just to even be able to use his tools like you have to do a lot of planning there's a lot of mental gymnastics and it weighs on you you know it's like it's it's a rough ticket to be a Zangief player it feels like um, I would say that um, when it comes to Zangief. He is in Street Fighter V, as he has always been, an extremely polarizing character matchup-wise. So when you're trying to like judge how technical he is, I had to look at his more difficult matchups because I can't look at how easy he can be, rather how difficult he has to be if he's gonna have a chance against every character, right? And dealing with these characters that really bully him, we're talking about like Minot, Poison, Dalsim, these characters that are really nightmares for him. There's a lot that goes into that. And the mental fortitude you need to put up to have the patience to get through all this, I think that requires a lot of thinking. Like, when you look at a match like that, it's usually like down to the wire time-wise. It goes like to the end of the timer. Imagine how many decisions Sangif is making and second-guessing throughout that time. I think I think that's a big factor for me 
uh, to why I put him harder. Like, I, I don't think anything of his execution. I don't think any of his execution is particularly hard. Uh, that's not a factor at all in my rating when it comes to Sangeef. It's all like, how much does Sangeef need to think? How much does he need to consider to get, like, to <laughs> get in? Because once he gets in, he's completely brain dead. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I'm not sure if they're hard to do, but I've seen people drop a few things like um, V-Skill uh, activate into, like, super, things like that, where this kind of requires strict timing. But you're right, like outside of maybe the motion for instant air grab, something like that, which even, in, in, especially in Street Fighter V, feels pretty easy to do. I ha it's easier for me to do it in this game than it was in four. But anyways, uh, Geef I see as an extreme example of this whole slow normals thing, because not only does he have slow normals, but he doesn't have stuff that really just gets him in or, or makes him content. So he has to use just these slow basic movements and strategy to thread a needle. And it's not a particularly like amazingly intricate needle but he's got this huge like i think about it his huge meaty hands trying to thread a needle and and these tools are just so broad and hard to use um at the very basic levels that it does take a while before you're able to make ends meet with this character so one of the big parts about him mm. is that he's very difficult from level one some characters can at least you know like like level one being he starts out at disadvantage he doesn't like in most in most situations because he has the the the, uh, the weight or the burden of getting in is on him and he's slower and and he's got to play mind games and what so it's like how long do you play Zangief as a new player and how familiar with the game do you have to become before you're able to start getting wins with him especially against characters that are particularly good at zoning you out you know um, and and so I, I'm but I'm trying to figure out where that exactly factors into his technicality and it has to be somewhere in the mental realm and the mental juggling pins that he has to consider it's it's like it's not the most complicated thing but it is such a grueling thing because I think about how often I play against good Zangief players and how I feel <laughs> at the end of a set like that that's their existence every time right and and so I go man that's there's something to be said about that. I don't know if it factors into technicality or not, but um, even even so, having to thread the needle with big ham hocks is is difficult, and that's why I put them kind of where I did. All right. At number 26, we have Rashid, and then we have a tie here at number 24. At the first half the uh, of the tie, we have E Honda. John, you've played this character a good bit. Why did you have him up here? Um, so I started with Honda back in Street Fighter Four. And the reason I started is because it was at Evo 2010, uh, and I was watching Mike Ross do his thing on that first day. And I remember watching and seeing, um, um, like, just so obviously, I, I felt like I could see everything about the character as Mike played, and it was fairly simple. It was use this really good poke normal with jab to go into hands, um, use a little bit of standing roundhouse, and then headbutts all day as anti-airs, and, and even just to mess around with people, and then, like, there's a little more razzle-dazzle with stuff like his command grab and butt slam, but I could get going just with those first few things. And after watching maybe a few sets, I went up to my room and just started practicing Honda. And and sure enough, it was just like just getting hands down was like the hardest thing about him. And then, um, so he wasn't a very technical character from Street Fighter Four. I kind of had that thought about him going into Street Fighter V and then Street Fighter V having, a, um, a, you know, like no one-frame links and stuff and a perception that it's a lower execution kind of game. That was a filter that I, I took and, and 
expected from Honda. He actually comes out. And what I'm finding is he's very much still Honda. He has those familiar moves and you can use them in somewhat familiar ways. So like, unlike what I think Nick would say about someone like Cody, where it's like, he's is a completely foreign character. Honda is still Honda, but there was an intention by the developers to design these characters and make sure that every single one of their moves has a purpose. And they did that with Honda. And so I have to be careful because some of this is just my perception. Like I said, I was set up for Street Fighter 4 Honda and what I got was a good bit more technical than that. And I got to be careful that it's not just my um, comparison between those two because we're just talking about Street Fighter 5 and relative to this game. But all that said, you you can do some routine stuff. But if you want to play the character efficiently, then you have to consider when you're playing in, no in neutral with his relatively slower normals, you, you can play with a lot of different normals and you kind of need to, depending on what your current goal is. If you're trying to build your V-meter, if you're just trying to keep someone out, if you're trying to set them up to be um, afraid, he's got a lot of different tracks that he can play on and move between at any given moment. And then once you do get the hit, you have to consider which strength of hands you want to use depending on if you've hit or if you haven't or if you want to continue to try to apply pressure how negative you want to be or, or positive um, and and he he uses and cycles through those options fairly frequently then you can tack on things like what he wants to do with command grabs and butt slams and and, and you know when he wants to toss out some unga bunga headbutts and you have a character that you do have to consider a lot of things very consistently and like i said switch from track to track so it doesn't make him the most technical character in the game but he's a good bit more than he used to be and uh, even in the realm of Street Fighter 5 I would say he's juggling quite a few pins yeah I would say like across all of my ratings the one rating I might kind of regret is Honda because I think I put him a bit too far down um, I don't know I think when I was rating <laughs> Honda I was thinking too much about his standing heavy punch and that's just the great much. wall, right? Because you can use it for so many things. That's one of those, you can just play a game based on standing heavy punch and then a few other moves to complement, right? Yeah. But that's not the most efficient way of going about it. Definitely isn't. Yeah, and, and that was kind of my read on him too, where it's like he has certain things that he can kind of change up, you know, whenever he wants to do it uh, throughout an entire match. And But he also has stuff like standing heavy punch where he can kind of bank on that. And it's not going to get him all the way there, but it's easier to access it, right? Like he can kind of get in the door a little bit easier with that kind of stuff and doesn't have to go too much to the crazier things that he does have. But at the higher levels, you're going to be cycling through all of those different options, like John was saying, and the different ranges and different traps that you have with V-Skill and different hand pressure and stuff like that. And so he definitely has a technical aspect to him. I don't think he's fully, you know, again, not number one in the game or anything, but there is something there to him that I think it does require some thought and some practice and all that stuff too. Yeah, I, I respect Honda players quite a bit when I run across them. Um, one, they're not playing a you know a high tier character, and two, he's reasonably technical. You know, he's middle of the pack. I have him a little higher than you guys, but not much. Um, and I respect when I see like you know the the hundred hand setups and the V skill setups and all that other kind of stuff. He can he's got a good amount of match control to go with his technical ability, and he's kind of an all around like he requires very clear skill uh, skill and intent to use. And just for me, like that that brought him up my list a little bit higher, but uh, not much. But speaking of a character who's very controversial here, I want to get into his number 24 tie partner, Abigail. And I specifically want to ask Steven, after getting hit by running grab six times in a row and losing to it, how do you feel about Abigail's execution now? 
Same. <laughs> same way. I'm the same. I mean, gotcha. yeah, I feel the same way about it for sure. So. Gotcha. I- I feel like we've collectively uh, overrated this guy again because his technical stuff is there. He's not totally abysmal like, you know, Bison or Cami or someone like that, but he also doesn't have to use it to succeed. His technical stuff is getting out moves and timing stuff well, which is a challenge, but I don't think he's super far off our, our placement. Just to be, you know, be clear, I don't think he's like, you know, that's like 24, really? Abigail? Like this kind of thing. Like I, I have him just kind of outside of our bottom 10. Uh, he's not brain dead easy. I just don't think he should be this high. But but I want to turn it back over to Steven. You played this character for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know what he's like now. Like, what do you think? But it wasn't Steven who said 24, though. <laughs> yeah, we should tell the people how where our votes landed because yeah. this is one of the most divided characters. There's a total of... Uh, 14 points between the highest and the lowest and the lowest was john with 10 so you so the the lower the number the the lower they think the technicality or the the technical aspect of the character so john was 10 um and then i was 12 steven was 16 yeah, so and then did. nick has him at 24 yeah i'm kind I of mean, shocked that steven he, had him lower than me of things and i think we go back to the slow normals thing right where it's like he has these fantastic normals but they're so damn slow that you have to get them out first and I famously had a match with John where he was, you know, always talking crap about, you know, standing heavy punch, right? It's this great normal. And I'm like, okay, play Abigail. I'm going to play Akuma and see what you do in neutral. And I crush countered him like 150 times. I think that was the actual number because John could not get it out. Yeah, and I was like, dude, that's that's the struggle. <laughs> it's right? got a lot like, of I life. get it. That normal is great. It has the most range in the game or whatever. But Okay, okay. You played Akuma and you crouching heavy punched me over and over exactly. and over again. What am I supposed to do? That move was like plus no, but 20 I was interrupting standing heavy punch. You can't it play wasn't Akuma. even about block, dude. It was that you couldn't get standing heavy punch out. And you went on and on about how great that normal is. And it's a fantastic normal. I said that as, I said as much. That's like... But it has to come out. And that's the whole thing. We're talking about slower normals and more technical, right? And again, that's doesn't mean Abigail's the most technical character in the game. He has some great stuff, but you have to be able to get it out there and... That's not the easiest thing to do. It's like playing Rashid and saying, like, hey, how come you can't get normals out or do anything? Mm-hmm. It's because you're playing Rashid. Yeah, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> it's, it's so, like, I, yeah. I mean, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is definitely back to our season three arguments here like this is definitely a flashball moment yep. of, of that time but yeah mom and dad are fighting again nick uh for for abigail i'm no expert so i can really only speak from the other side of the fence of playing against him and playing a character that traditionally does rather well against him but one of the big things about abigail that swayed me to put him not as high as some others have put him is that he a lot of his moves, and he's he's in a somewhat similar situation as Zangief, but he has a lot better abilities to move forward. And a lot of his moves come down to, um, I don't want to say just do it, but they are just do it. But they're 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 commitments, and it's the it's the correct or proper way to play the character in a lot of instances because he really is this. I'll trade life for the ability to get in and get that one hit and get my stuff started. So what that looks like is kind of guessing on counters or doing a run and and then doing one of the follow ups and seeing like you know basically fifty fifty in your opponent and like if they guessed right, which they might, maybe it's not a fifty fifty, maybe they have a good chance of of countering it. But the one time that they don't, then you get to do, you know, Abigail stuff. And so a lot of his his decision making isn't uh, reactive to my, from what I see. It's a lot of it. And, and he does play neutral and he does do um, reactive stuff. But then there's a very big component of him where he's 
gonna do the thing and hope for the best. And that's appropriate because it's like the most efficient thing based on his design. Uh, and so that kind of dumbs it down a little bit for me. He does have to consider and make the decision, but then he just does the thing. Now he does have harder combos to do with uh, particularly difficult execution, one frame links and such. So that's going to bring him up a little bit too, but that's kind of how I see the character. Yeah, and, and that was one of the reasons that I rated him as I did, you know, versus someone like Zangief, because um, he's a character that he struggles as well with uh, when somebody labs him, like kind of like Alex, right? Where it's like if somebody knows how to kind of stop the basic BS, it can become a lot more difficult to play him at a higher level. But like you were saying, John, he does have a lot of options to kind of move forward and do what he wants. And again, if the one time that the person doesn't catch it or they don't block it or whatever, now he can kind of get in and, and do his thing. Um, that being said, too, he, he has received a lot of nerfs over the last few seasons as well. So some of that stuff, you know, still effective, but not as much kind of thing. But, um, but it's, again, that was one of the reasons why I did rate him that way, because it's like... Yeah, I, I, he has options that he can actually do that stuff. Whereas with Zangief, it's like, what are you going to do if you're being kept out? Dash forward, right? I mean, what what can that character do? His options are, yeah, just the I'm going to jump at the right time or I'm going to dash at the right time or I'm going to clip you with the normal. But like those are all not high reward and like very intricate, you have to think. And they're not a lot of options. And they're options that everyone's always dealing with as opposed to Abigail who's got an armored run mm -hmm. and a flip forward and all this goofy stuff that you have to that you're not always um you're not always playing right. against. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know like I think Abigail is an extremely easy character to go in and derp with, but you're not going to get anywhere by doing that anymore because what was it season 3 when he was crazy? Mm -hmm. I think it was season 3. Yeah, you could derp with him and you could get like Okay, I'm not going to call anyone specific out. <laughs> but you, you could get really far by derping with it, right? Say uh, drinking, that is it's, not... all, it's all good, man. Everyone knows who you're talking about. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I didn't get anywhere, uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't think that's really possible anymore because, first of all, people know the character well enough, like Steven was saying, like at a high level. But also, like all these just-do-it things, I mean, sure, but if he starts his run... Like, I, I I hate Abigail. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I feel so weird being an Abigail apologist right now because I hate playing against him. But, like, putting it... Like, being completely honest here, if he does his run, he's going to do the flip kick, he's going to do the punch, or he's going to do the command grab, unless you do something, in which case he might do the parry. Those are, those are the things he's going to do, right? If he does the flip kick or the punch, you're going to see that at a certain range. Unless he goes right up next to you, in which case you can already counterattack him before he gets the grab out. And if he does the punch or the flip kick, he's unsafe. Like, people get put in a panic state against Abigail, and they make it harder punch, than it though. is. It's possible he can space the he punch, space but even then, like... Um, perfectly uh, safe, yeah. Yeah, but even then, you're blocking it, and he's still quite far away anyway from the block, and it's like... I mean, it's, it's there, but if you're just walking back when he's doing the run, it's like, he does the punch, and you block it okay, now you're a neutral yeah. kind of thing. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of the things that made Abigail very dumb or let him come out of situations easily are gone. Like, his low confirm basically doesn't exist anymore, right? And then, like, what I looked at mainly when I was raiding Abigail, contrary to most characters in Street Fighter V, because Street Fighter V generally does not have difficult execution, Abigail legitimately does. Hmm. And the discussion was, is that effective... Is that something you need to be effective at high levels? And I say yes. Obviously, uh, 
I, I don't remember if it was John or if it was Raptor, but one of you guys was like, yeah, but you don't need to use that at high levels. But I disagree. I definitely think you do. And that's why I put him as high as I did. Because I think if you aren't doing the optimal combos, you're not going to get anywhere. Uh, like anywhere real, so to say. Because my memory of almost all Abigail tournament matches I see, when, whether it was Storm Kubo or Ida-san or whoever was a cool kid, you know, whoever was using him, most of the matches came down to them actually landing that combo and doing it like precisely, and that's how they won. I could be wrong, but that's like my memory. Yeah, anyway. This guy's specials, they in, most of them don't involve a motion or a charge. They're one button or two buttons to do like a lot of his core stuff. And he has like the easiest hit confirm into super like all day. Like he can just sit there and mash it. Like it's, it's oh, sure. the easiest one in like, I think Street Fighter history maybe. Cause like, <laughs> and, then yeah. it. and it's just like, the amount of just ridiculously brain dead stuff this guy has in terms of execution just really hurts him in my eyes. It's like I, well, I think he's even easier to play than than Ed by far. Like I, I think Ed actually has more complicated stuff than this dude. And I get all the stuff that people say about you know juggling you know in the neutral and stuff. There's more to him than just you know smash your face on the joystick and whatnot. But there's not a lot more in my in my eyes. It's like, dude, this guy's execution is like super easy mode compared to almost every other character in the game. A lot of his core stuff literally is one or two button presses and that's it. But I need to jump in here because you said he has one of the easiest super confirms in the game. You mean from the mash punch, right? Uh, from the, the Abigail, Abigail punch, punch. Yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. I don't, I can't think of any super confirm in this game from a special that's difficult. There's a few. No, no, there's there's a few. Um, you get in there uh, and play some characters. You remember one? Um, like Vega, Manat, uh, a bunch of them. I mean, it's it's you have to really work to, to set it up for some characters. It just depends. Um, it, yeah, it exists. So, so my characters have the easiest confirms into Critical Art, but yours have the hardest. Okay, I see. How <laughs> well, I mean, again, so I, I, I'm trying to think. I think Gil has some tough ones and whatnot. But yeah. No, there, there's I mean, some I, mean I, know, I know some difficult ones from normals. Mm -hmm. Like, I play... Uh, for example, with Alex, I found a dumb one, which is really fun, but it's pretty difficult. Which is if you do V skill, you know, he gets plus five more uh, on any hit, right? Plus five, plus six. I don't remember. I think it's plus five. Um, he can, when he has that, he can actually do crouching medium kick to super, which is hilarious. Mm. But it's also very strange timing. And that's a super confirm I would consider fairly difficult in this game. Uh, but that's from a normal. Like, every super confirm I've done in this game that I felt was difficult was from a normal. Once it's at the territory where you do it from a special, I don't think hit confirming really comes into the equation anymore because once you go to the special, you already know you've landed a hit. And I can't think of a super which is difficult to juggle with after the fact. I, I mean, I can totally be wrong, but I've played that's not, quite a bit. You're probably not wrong. But that's also not what the main argument's hindering on. So I mean, I would concede that. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think that Abigail not, you know, being able to easily confirm into super is a major part of. There is a major weight on this side of the scale. But all those other things that we talked about, I think, are and like. So I mean, that's a that's a fairly small thing in either direction. Yeah, sure. All right. So moving on to number twenty-three, we've got Sakura. Twenty-two is Nash. Twenty-one is Akuma. And then at twenty, we have Kage. John, what do you think about him? Kage is interesting, man, because how much of uh, having having like lower health is is part of this, you know? And and I don't, I don't know that I necessarily like I didn't intentionally put him lower because, uh, or I guess higher on our list because of his lower health. But it, that feels like it might be part of it because you have to be 
a little more precise with your selections. Um, and so that kind of factors in the same way of the, the slow normals thing, where you know just because it requires that you're more um, specific and, and more honed in, um, that, that's kind of a thing. And then the fact that he has uh, like more stubby normals, um, he's, he's like kind of like Akuma Jr. when it comes to footsies because he's got decent walk speed and decent normals, but Akuma's is a little faster and his are a little better. And, um, but so, so he has to thread the needle a little bit more in that kind of respect. And he doesn't have, well, I mean, as far as life goes, Akuma's the lowest, but the fact that he has lower health makes it a little bit more difficult. He also has combos from certain distances and certain ranges where, you know, you can't use, uh, like sometimes you have to resort to ending a combo with light DP instead of medium, even though medium normally works with just because of the distance and stuff like that. And there are situations where if you whiff, you're, you are done because you're whiffing a DP. Um, and then when you get into uses of his V triggers, that's kind of really where, where things get kind of crazy because, um, especially with his V trigger one, the, the cancels and the setups and the flash and, um, how good that V trigger can be at the higher levels. That's where the character really gets to kind of gain some steam. And I don't even play him that way. I play V skill two, V trigger two, and I play a very simple kind of Kage. Um, but I don't think it is, it's necessarily the most efficient. I just haven't ventured into those waters quite yet because I, I really like having Demon and being a little more simple about things. So he definitely has more simple 50-50 routes where he can just go into uh, you know being in minus two but having Demon stalked and basically having you in a very scary 50-50 for just for you know doing an axe kick in your face. But he also has some pretty, pretty specific... Um, stuff that he has to really think about and then really practice for execution, you know, doing DP, teleport DP, teleport into super, things like that. Um, like zipping over your head and doing a tatsu and coming down in, in random places and, and making it an ambiguous left-right mix-up. Uh, he can be kind of crazy. So that's where I put him where I put him. Yeah, he also has the the Dan Fireball too, right, for his regulars, which is they don't go full screen and all that stuff, right, unless I'm remembering. Yeah, correctly. they're more of just an extended yeah, punch. So, and that's another thing too where it's like his zoning comes in, it, it has to be red Fireball usually. And you, you mentioned the, um, the, the whiffing the DP stuff, which is one of those things I think is really strange about this character where it's like, his one of his main bread and butter combos is like surprisingly tricky to land like and a lot of times you get to the point where you you know you do the tatsu and you want to go for the uppercut and you're like i probably shouldn't even try this right now because the risk reward isn't in my favor kind of thing because if i whiff this and it doesn't work for whatever reason they're going to get up and destroy me because i just whiffed a dp crush counter yeah and it's weird and a lot of times you just you know opt to dash forward instead and get some positioning kind of thing and he's got some weird stuff like that too And, and like you said the stubby normals and stuff and uh, I think there's a lot that goes into the V triggers as well, where he's got the flashy stuff like the teleport and the air like Tatsu stuff, EX Tatsu and all that, and air fireballs too, which are weird. Like he's he's got some weird stuff to him that you kind of have to that you really have to know what you're doing with, and and I think that does give him a good um, a good placement here on the list. A lot of the weird stuff too. It's not necessarily intuitive as to where it will go in his arsenal in his overall game plan. They're kind of weird jigsaw puzzle pieces that you have to figure out through either watching other people or just really exploring and exploring with intent. You can definitely play the character with very simple kind of shoto tendencies and and just do it that way. But there are some crazy jigsaw puzzles for some crazy approaches, and and I'm not even certain that we've as a community have figured out uh, everything that there is to Kage. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because of that 
Yeah. Um, John, you rated him high as well. Yeah. yeah I was going to say reduced say. health is a thing for me because if you make a mistake, you're paying for it harder than most. John, you mentioned like you're not sure if that should be a factor or not. I think it should weigh in. I mean, it depends on the character, but just knowing that like, man, if I mess this up, I'm probably dead. That's a thing. Like, uh, you know, if you mess something up with like Abigail or Zangief, it's like you're not as worried about it. But with these characters, you have to be. Um, and I mean, it's just it, it's a thing, you know, and it, it, when you're when you're juggling low health on top of being technical, I, I think you, you've got to weigh those characters a little harder. But uh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So at number 19, we've got Sagat. Next up here at number 18, we have Cody. Nick, what do you think of Cody? I mean, I hate Street Fighter V, Cody, but as far as uh, how technical he is, I actually think he's quite technical. I had him a lot higher than you guys did. Um, There's a bunch of different reasons for that. I mean, one thing we'll be getting into a little bit later is the struggle of having to hold the button to have access to one of your specials. Uh, Another thing is Cody generally uses V-Trigger 2, so I'm going to tackle this from a V-Trigger 2 perspective. Uh, once he goes into V-Trigger 2, his anti-air button completely changes, and a lot of other like neutral tools also change. So you have to like you have to work against your own reflexes, because anti-air tends to be about muscle memory. All of a sudden, your muscles are going to start lying to you. So now you need to change that up. And that's, that's a big thing that not a lot of characters in this game suffer from. Um, then there's also the stuff with once he is in V-Trigger 2, a lot of the character is locked behind V-Trigger 2, which is one of my main complaints about him since his launch. But once you are in V-Trigger 2 and you do the command grab and stuff like that, you have these super tight links to optimize properly, right? And it's not like, okay, well, it's a one-frame link, whatever. It's like, okay, you need to wait like exactly 107 frames and then it's a one-frame. And the... I, at least I find the longer you have to wait in a combo to hit the button, the more difficult it becomes. Because when it's... I mean, just to speak to that, like we see a bunch of people to do setups and other stuff, they whiff buttons, yeah. right? To have that timing of recovery. And it's like, hey, I know that if I whiff a button here, I, it, a lot of people struggle with that. Exactly. And then you have this thing with Cody where you, that's not possible because it's in the middle of an animation. And... I mean, it's rare for a Cody to actually hit that, at least when I've played against them. Even, like, high-level Codys, they're not they're not going to hit it all the time. They're going to miss it a lot. But we're talking about playing the character efficiently, playing character optimally, and you're leaving damage on the table if you're not doing that effectively, right? So you need to, you need to grind that. You need to learn that. You need to work on that. And, yeah, I think there's a lot to this character that makes him more difficult than he might be at first glance. Yeah, I think a lot of people end up underrating the character because they look at his core moveset and go, oh, that's not that hard. Um, and it's really not until you start exploring him and more in depth that you go, oh, okay, he he takes some some bit to make him work. And I mean, um, I know that like, you know, his pipe V-trigger, uh, the one that we're mainly talking about, but like we actually see some high level Cody players actually use the knife, right? Like you, he's a character where you do want to experiment with like both of his V skills and V triggers to find the right combination for you. Um, he's got a surprising amount of depth that goes with the character. And especially once I spoke with Nick and he helped me like realize that I'm like, Oh yeah, like there's more here than I initially thought. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at the basic character, you see a four hit target combo and light punch and you're like, this is a Tiger! Fisher Price character. What the hell is this? Uh, but then it, there's so much more to him. I mean, even if you're playing with the knife, it's still going to give you different moves and you have all these different stuff that you need to work out. And I mean, even his V skill, which is like a free a reversal that's invulnerable at 
deferred frames, so it's not actually useful in like these invincible reversal situations, but it's pretty good as an anti-air, and you can use it in some strings if you know the frame difference. I mean, he takes damage from using it, because that's like a Final Fight throwback. So you need to be careful with how you use that as well. I mean, I met some Cody players early on, and they would use that all the time, because they were like, oh, this is such a good tool, and then like I would hit them once, and all of a sudden 40% life is gone, and they're like, uh, huh? So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff you need to keep thinking about with this guy. Um, I still hate what they did with him in Street Fighter V, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, that's that's just what it is. Uh, as a character, I think he's quite technical. At number seventeen, we've got Lucia. Nick, what do you think about her? Oh man, she's the saving grace of Street Fighter V. <laughs> <laughs> she is everything a man could ever dream of. Now, now she's really fun. She's an amazingly fun character. Um, and one thing I was kind of surprised about, because I didn't really feel like this was that prevalent in Street Fighter V, is that she had extremely different routes depending on which normal you were landing. Because most of my experience with Street Fighter V felt like, okay, well, this is the special you want to go to, and this is the way you go to it. You can go to it from jab if you're in this situation, go to it from medium if in this situation, whatever, you know? And you had these basic links you were doing. With Lucia, it becomes like a completely different sequence of events, depending on what you're landing, which leads to a completely different set of, like... Well, not completely different set of Oki. I mean, Oki's going to be relatively similar, but you know what I mean. Uh, and then you put V trigger, you put meter into the ga- into the mix, and even distance, and you get all these different kinds of like, okay, well I'm at this distance, so I could probably juggle with the run to kick move here, and all that kind of stuff that you need to constantly keep going, which I find very interesting and mentally stimulating when I'm playing. Uh, and I had not felt mentally stimulated in Street Fighter V for quite some time before she came out. Um, and w- yeah, we, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, one more thing, uh, which I've spoken about at length, which I have an article that's been slightly, <laughs> slightly delayed, but it will be up at some point. Uh, talking about Lucia's fireball game, which I think is the most interesting part about her, and I also think that's very interesting in like gauging your opponent's playstyle against you and always keeping in mind you have these different fireballs to play with. You can make them bounce. You can do like an anti-air fireball if they're trying to jump. You can even not do a fireball and bait a super or whatever. I mean, I, I mean do the initial motion. So it looks like you're doing a fireball, but then you don't actually send a fireball. So the whole like mind game within the fireballs and how to use them most effectively, and you can even do situations where you manage to like combo a slide into a bouncing fireball, all that kind of stuff is super interesting to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much variety to her, and you're thinking about so much di- different stuff while you're playing her, and there's so much ad-libbing, and I love ad-libbing in fighting games. Yeah, she strikes me as a character that uh, you play a different a fairly significantly different game depending on where you are on the screen and so she's another one of those where she has to switch tracks pretty quickly and and seamlessly so if she's playing back and and doing a fireball game is she playing a defensive one or is she trying to to uh, make you hesitate so that she can begin to close the gap is she playing normal footsie game where she's she's uh, just trying to get whiff punishes and such, or at any time could like explode forward with a crazy run, you know, something along those lines. She also has an up close in your face game, and then all of that 
being as it is once she's hit you it seems there like you were saying she's kind of like freestyles a little bit and depending on where she hit you and how she hit you um if she's gonna go through this route or that route and and does she have v trigger there's a lot of different combo routes for her to do um and some of this i might be because she looks particularly flashy because this is all from the side of not someone who's playing her so, but it, she looks particularly flashy and it seems like there's a lot of, um, sequences where I'm getting hit in different ways, even though similar, the, the starting similar situation were similar. Yeah. You have yeah. Lucia players who kind of just charge in and do whatever. And I think that that leads some people to think she's not that great. But when you see people start to properly implement her fireballs, you see her stuff shine through. She's once again a character that at a base level isn't super hard, but if you really want to use her at higher levels, you need to learn her various routes to get there. It's an absolute requirement for the character, and you'll just see her get shut down at higher levels of play because it's like, hey, if yeah, if you're just going to try to charge in and do whatever on people and whiff punish and stuff, it will get you a little ways with the character, but it's not going to get you all the way there. And you really need to dedicate quite a bit of time, and I actually think it's why we've seen the character fall off from being very hype and she's going to be top tier and all this other kind of stuff. People are like, oh, it's another, you know, it's like a better version of Cammy or Ken or whatever. Uh, no, that's not the case. She's actually, she does require quite a bit of skill to use if you really want to use her, and I think that's why so many people dropped her. They're like, oh, she's an investment character, and yeah. Um, so I never, oh, yeah, before we move on, um, I, I know I didn't have this in my notes, but I wanted to maybe go back um, a few characters and hit Sagat just because he oh, sure. came up. We, we One, he's someone that everybody here kind of is, took a particular interest in. Uh, I've played him, and you guys have explored him, and, and you, you mentioned him earlier in a, a few podcasts ago as, as one of the more underrated characters. And then um, in some of the comments, uh, I noticed people saying that he's a lot more simple. And I wanted to talk a, a little bit about him, and then you guys could add on anything that I, that I don't get to. But um, I, I imagine we're probably in similar boats here. We all rated him very close together. Um, and he ended up where? At, at number, uh, was it 21? 19. 19, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um, and so uh, in the top half of the cast, and I think people think Sagat is just very easy fireballs and uppercuts, which he, that's a huge part of his game. It's a very significant part of his game. Um, and it's it's not the easiest thing in the world because he's got to consider, you know, uh, fireballs are not, there, there are a lot of ways around fireballs in this game. So as good as fireballs tend to be for Sagat traditionally, that's only as true as, you know, as... How, how hard it is or isn't to counter fireballs and there's a lot of counters for them in this game so that's something you have to consider he's got to thread the needle a little bit more um he also doesn't have normals like his uh, traditional like heavy punch in cbs2 right things like that like they he's been regulated <laughs> down so again he's one of those characters that has to juggle all of his normals when he's playing footsies and he has to play footsies is the thing and i think it's more in those in in that realm and then in the close-up realm where the character becomes technical because yes he can play that more traditional uh fireball uppercut game that is fairly simple although it's one of those things that's kind of like easy to do difficult to master ask john Choi, sort of a thing but yeah i'll give you that if that's all he was he would be lower on the list. But then he's got really slow normals and he has to use them appropriately. And, and Sagat, I think, is the biggest example of this um, in the game, uh, even more so than Honda, 
where he really has to have a nuanced understanding of all of his buttons, where to use them and when to use them to make them efficient so that he can eventually kind of get back to his favorite thing, which is just chucking plasma and doing uppercuts. And then he has a few Karas in his his basic combos and in his movements, and that's a little bit more difficult than uh, other characters' movement options. Um, and then he has a couple of different anti-airs because he can Kara DP, he can regular DP. Sometimes he wants to use a, um, his anti-air uh, roundhouse. So it's not the most diverse set of anti-airs, but it's not just uppercuts. And so all of those things kind of add up to getting him a little higher than I think people perceive. Um, so the fact that he has to switch back and forth between a very intricate uh, uh, footsie game and then also fireballs and then all those other things that I mentioned is why he got where he got. Yeah, I think people tend to underestimate how much conditioning is required to use characters that have fireball games where you have multiple options like that. Like a standard fireball is just, you know, like slow, medium, fast kind of thing, right? But with someone like Sagat where he has high tiger shot and low tiger shot, it's like, you have to condition the opponent to do certain things with those different shots so that you can get those anti-air DPs, right? Or you can get them to clam up so you can hit these big normals and stuff, right? Like, you know, a high tiger shot obviously can be ducked under, but it's faster recovery, so that's the one you want to jump over or you want, he wants the opponent to jump over, right? And there's a lot that goes into conditioning your opponent to do that stuff, and we'll talk more about that for a character later on in this list, but um, I don't think people really take a lot of stock in that or as much stock in that as they should because again it, it, it is a different game than just a typical fireball you know throwing character kind of thing and, and i think that adds to sagat's technical uh, aspect as well because it's like he's juggling all this stuff and then also trying to condition people properly with that and then he also has you know ex fireballs and then v trigger one is the big fireball and all that stuff too so a lot of different utility with these different fireballs and conditioning your opponent to do the wrong thing so that you can get the right you know a counter for it kind of thing so at number 16 uh we have fong and then at number 14 we've got a tie and we'll kick off with the top character here that's falk nick what do you think here um well i played falk quite a bit and i actually started in season three when she was super bad uh because i hated sangif with a yoga passion and i needed something to play against sangif because i felt alex and ibuki were both terrible against sangif uh, started playing Falk, uh, found that she was good against Sangeef, but bad against everyone else. Uh, she's gotten huge buffs twice since then, which have made her slightly better, but I don't think she's become any less technical, possibly even more technical. Uh, and one of the main reasons she's... One, one of the main reasons, not the main reason, is that she's a Soner, and playing Soning in Street Fighter V is really damn hard. Mm. Uh, the game doesn't really reward soners that much at least not fireball soners and a big thing about falk is that you need to uh hold one of your punches to even have a fireball so you need to give up light punch medium punch or heavy punch all these buttons are very effective so you're giving something up to have a fireball and choosing what to give up actually isn't as clear-cut as you might imagine because i've seen a lot of different falk players or like people who sub Falk talk about it on Twitter and such, and they've been like, well, I use this button. Oh, really? Because I use this one. And everyone just kind of weighs it entirely differently. And then when you get to like her more like up-close stuff, when you start doing the combos and stuff like that, there's so much that goes into it. Like, okay, do I have a fireball charged? Uh, am I at this distance or am I at that distance? She has all this different stuff she can go to. Um, and, ugh, man, it's a lot of... To juggle when you're playing or you need to 
really sit there and think about each decision you take to a more extreme degree than most others because even her long pokes are very whiff punishable like her forward heavy punch you can whiff punish that easily okay not easily that's putting it a bit too lightly but you can definitely whiff punish it right and it's negative on block and everything uh she also has these mid-air options so you can do some straight like weird air options but it's not really safe either so it's very like gimmicky but it's still something that you have in your arsenal that you kind of need to use when you have these situations where you need to get past your opponent um yeah i mean trying to work in her fireball into her game is a challenge but without it you can't really play her hmm. so yeah it's hard uh i think that makes her quite technical because ju just based on the virtue that everyone is looking at like the situation i have to give up a button everyone is looking at it completely differently that alone tells me like okay so there's no clear-cut answer here you really need to sit there and find what's right for yourself and also base it on each situation you can't always go to the same button because sometimes you'll be against a character or a situation where you might need light punch even more than you usually do and now you need to do this and you need to do that so even though she has easy inputs making all these inputs work together for her is anything but easy she's one of the characters with the biggest discrepancy here and um Steven, you voted, you put her at 20, so smack dab in the middle of the cast, while uh, Nick had her up at 33, so closer to the top and, and more technical. Now, um, is this, like, do you do you disagree then with Nick, at least in some places, or is she just one that, because I know Nick's played the character, and I don't know how much you've explored her firsthand, Steven, or not, but, like, th there's a big difference here, so I wanted to ask if you disagree. No, no, I don't disagree. Admittedly, if, if I could change my answer here, I'd probably rate her a bit higher because of what Nick was talking about here. I don't know sure. too much about Falk, uh, you know, again, totally admitting that, um, but, yeah, I do think that the holding the button and, and losing the button thing, that's, that's something that we're going to be seeing in, in more of these characters as we move up and, and that's definitely a factor because it's not only a executional requirement but it's like Nick was saying like you have to determine what button you're going to give up to kind of get that move out right and that's that's a whole other you know can of worms kind of thing so yeah if I, I'd probably rate her higher now in hindsight all right moving on to number 14 we have Colleen number 13 is Urian and then at number 11 we've got a tie between Seth and Chun-Li and now we enter our top 10 kicking off with Karen. And Karen tends to be a bit underrated because her execution doesn't really come through until you reach very high levels of play. The stuff she needs to do to, to hit to, to win at the highest levels are just frame tenkos, hit confirms off a crouching medium kick. You can get by without those until you get up to like the very high end levels, right? Um, you don't have to master those things, but you need to be able to land them. And that, that to me got her in our top 10. Uh, as I've previously said, um, I specifically note a difference between a character who has technical stuff and a character who needs to use her technical stuff. Karen is like the poster child of like needs to use her technical stuff stuff to get by uh and yeah yeah i definitely agree on that and i mean isn't this is this is probably the character we're second most unanimous about because john steven and i all said 32 and then raptor said 31 so almost the exact same rating across the board uh i think we all agree exactly with what you said she's definitely i mean you can't say it better than the poster child for needing to do the difficult stuff and that's like the main reason i rated her that way as well also with the uh, 
you have to do the technical stuff from one hit confirms. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that qualifies as technical. And with her hit confirms, if she does, uh, if, if you block a crouching medium kick and then she uh, does the dash but not the uh, tenko, can you still punish her there? Okay. Because that's like a whole other part of it. It's and and you know you're trying to do a just frame, so really the the difference between the inputs of the of the dash and the uh, actual attack is so small that I would imagine you'd either do both or not do both. But there is technically a third layer there in whether or not you're going to push the button to confirm after the um, after the kick to do the dash and then the punch. You know, but there's the dash as well, so it's kind of a little little bit more sophisticated kind of confirm. Yeah, if you want to do the raw dash, you have to condition the opponent to not want to hit stuff there. Um, and then if you want to make it safer, you have to do ex. Mm-hmm. And you have to spend meter there. So it's it's like you're kind of risking a lot trying to do that if you're not going to get the confirm kind of thing. And then, of course, if you get blocked, you're, you're getting tagged for it kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's a very Ken sort of strategy. <laughs> but, hey, that works a lot. So, yeah. And as uh, Steven used to like to say, when you're Karen, you bleed. And uh, you feel that if you miss a combo or two, uh, you're on your back foot, you're, you might be dead. You know, so... Uh, so at number nine, we've got Jury. And then at number eight, we've got a bit of a controversial character here at Ibuki. Um, I think we actually have Ibuki a bit too high. Not terribly, but a bit. Her execution, in my opinion, tends to be overrated because of how flashy she is when a number of her combos actually just depend on a button press. Again, I'm not saying she's easy to play. Uh, and it's not like her placing is just completely terrible. But talking to Ibuki players, I think we have her just a tad overrated. Uh, and I have her more in like the 12 range instead of 8. You know, But but Nick, you play her quite a bit. What do you think? Uh, okay. John, get ready to bleep <laughs> this because I think you're foolish. Panic! <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Ibuki, and I, I'm not sure you've considered this part, uh, needs intense levels of resource management at the highest level because she will have different types of juggles, different types of combos, different types of situations, depending on how many kunai she has left. From one to six. Very different. Very different situation in uh, each of those. And she gets different possibilities depending on it. This is a character where when you see a tournament, something we often say, I've said it many times, I know a lot of different people have said it to me. You will see Fujimura do something completely new. Every single tournament. That's not possible unless the character has a lot of stuff going. And Fujimura wouldn't be doing it in tournament unless he felt he needed to be doing it, right? And it's also a character who you can definitely see a huge divide between high level and top level. You only see Xi'an, you only see Fujimura. These are the only two players who play Ibuki and really, really produce results with her. And when you look at the stuff she needs to do, you have the simple stuff, absolutely. Oh, the simple stuff is there. I mean, her standing medium kick to standing medium punch, that's like a core thing you're going to do with her. That's not difficult. Obviously not difficult. Doing like the EX Kunai situation into a ride that getting guaranteed Oki, yeah, that's not difficult. Absolutely. But... That's what you do as a high-level Ibuki. When you're a top-level Ibuki, you do the crazy Fujimura mix-ups and the Fujimura, um, the Fujimura combos with different types of kunai release. I mean, even just doing the situations where you can juggle them in the air with a air normal into a rider on the ground, 
that's kind of difficult. I had to sit in training mode for a while to get that. I was like, wow, this is pretty hard. Like, it looks easy, but it definitely isn't. And having to manage all these resources, and on top of that, now having that her V-trigger activation is negative, not only negative, it's punishable on block, means you can't just YOLO that out either. You need to do a one-hit confirm to get this mix-up hell. And if the opponent has seen your mix-up, then you need to do a different mix-up. So you need to have like 10 mix-ups in your head if you're Fujimura, because <laughs> you seem to do different Sonic. every time. I mean, there's so much with this character that I like. I feel like I'm in school when I'm playing her. I don't want to feel like I'm in school. I'm done with that. Boom! Yeah, I think that one of the big things with that character is obviously the V-Trigger 2 stuff, because once it gets in play, it's like, you know, it's is it dash in front or is it dash behind kind of thing, and that opens you up so quickly, and it really is a guess, right? It's like, I just kind of have to hope that I, I got the right block kind of thing. Um, but like Nick was saying, like one of the things that jumped out to me about this character is the resource management, where you have EX Kunai as one of her main, you know, bread and butter combo tools, right? And that starts to change as you start running out of kunai and you have to figure out, hey, am I going to do this combo or do I even have enough kunai to do this? And you constantly have to monitor this stuff. And not only that, but some of the big, you know, big punishes that she has use the, you know, throwing all the kunai at once, right? Which goes back to the Falk thing where you're losing a button to do that, right? You have to hold one of the buttons down, one of the punches, and then release it at the right time, get the juggle, all that stuff. So there's quite a bit there, I think, with that character. Um, I do think V-Trigger 2 is still kind of... It rubs me the wrong way a little bit still, but again, considering everything else, like to me, it's like, man, there's there's a lot more to that character than I think she gets credit for. Um, and it does feel like her her barrier of entry is is actually pretty pretty steep or pretty thick. It's like when you just jump in to learn that character, it takes quite a bit to be competent with her. It feels like, and then of course, once you hit a certain level, it's like it takes way more to get top level kind of thing, right? Um, but I, I do think that that character is fairly technical and. I'm not going to write her off completely because of V-Trigger 2. Yeah, and it's funny because Stephen and I actually voted Ibuki the exact same way. We both have her at 12th overall, but you can see how, like, what goes into the, the list at this point. It's pretty compressed. You know, it's, I don't know if there's a gigantic difference between 12 and, like, 8 on the list, but, you know, it's it's there. I Again, I, I just say again, I feel Ibuki is just a... She's just a bit overrated, just a bit like the, her perception and her reality are just slightly out of alignment. Not terrible, but but there it is. Um, but I think we could dialogue about that for for a while. But yeah. yeah. So, I just thought she was technical because she was flashy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so going on here to number six, we have a tie and this is uh, with Poison. Steven, what do you think of her? Yeah, Poison is a big-time control character, uh, and the tools that she has uh, to do that are very interesting in that, uh, again, it goes back to a lot of conditioning, right? Where it's like you have to make sure that you're training your opponent to do certain things so that you can get the outcome that you want. Um, her whip special moves are good, uh, and she has um, whip cancels as well, which factor into her, her uh, execution and stuff. Uh, and again, it goes back to just this idea of like, is she going to do the high whip and anti-air? Is she going to do, you know, a low whip and hit me low when I'm trying to walk forward kind of thing? Um, she also has like crouching heavy punch, which is a really good normal, but it's also a pretty big commitment at a certain range where it's like it's the sl it's slower recovery. So like it's pretty prone to being jumped in on. Um, but she has a fantastic crouching medium punch that as an anti-air and that 
will, you know, if the poison player is doing it right, that's going to make you never want to jump ever again in your life. I mean, I don't think we've said it during this pod, but that might be the best anti-air in the game. Maybe one of, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's so good. Um, but she has to use that again to condition the opponent to do all this stuff. And then you transition to her up close game, which she has really good normals up close. And a lot of her pressure from there is built upon, whip cancels so you're doing a lot of stuff where you're holding you know holding the punch and then hitting kick to cancel it and stuff like that and we go back to falk and ibuki right where you're kind of having to do this weird execution stuff and figure out what you kind of want to sacrifice to do it and then you have to condition your opponent further and all that and she has some pretty strict uh executional requirements i feel like um and then again just trying to balance all this stuff at a high level she can be really effective it just it takes a lot to really get that in gear and to really be effective with it all right. So at number six, we also have Vega. I played this guy for a while. He's very hard to play because you have to juggle a lot and account for a number of things. Um, to this very day, I actually see Vega players bust out combos and setups I've never seen before. It speaks, again, well to what uh, Nick said about Fujimura's Ibuki. Um, this guy has a ton of depth to him. I actually think he's just perfectly well placed here at number six. Uh, he's freaking hard to play. Uh, you've got to really account for so many things, and, and there it is. He also got a bunch of new stuff recently because mm-hmm. he didn't have uh, enough before. People were complaining about it. like, But now he can do more with his like a V-Trigger Rose than he used to be able to, things like that, um, more combos. Uh, and then the new V-Skills and such create different opportunities as well. Plus the fact that like anytime a character has two stances, uh, and, and it, maybe it depends on how many different moves you know each stance gives, but I think uh, Vega is very different, right? Depending on which stance he's in. Changes all of his punches, and he gets a few different uh, specials. Like yeah. The command grab and stuff. And mm-hmm. then the fact that you can force him into that by, like, knocking off of his, his claw and such, it's like, yeah, that's... Especially for how much Vega doesn't win, uh, he's got to do a lot, and, and the returns aren't great. So... Uh, that that also definitely gets into that whole conversation about the, just being crushed mentally and, and morally and such. And so all things considered, I put him really high up there. I agree with you guys. I had him lower than you guys did, but not because I don't think he's technical. I just thought some others were more technical. Um, I think another thing that you need to consider with him is uh, something that's similar to Nash, who we uh, skipped over a bit because there's not that much to say, is that uh, both Nash and Vega have this thing where they don't really have great anti-air, so they need to be extremely situationally aware whenever a jump comes, and they need to pick between like five different options and have the exact right one for this specific range, otherwise they're going to get stuffed. And Mm -hmm. that's another thing, like something as simple as an anti-air, having to constantly juggle five different options depending on which little micro step they took, that's, yeah, that that makes a... Nick, I have no idea what you're talking about. I play birdie. Anti-airs are easy, bro. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Dude, it, dude you... it got nerfed. It got nerfed. Yeah. It's, it's so bad. All right. It's unusable. Oh, man. <laughs> dude, but as technical as a character Vega tends to be, though, he's got one of the dumb slides. He and he and Bison, I guess they both have the same name technically, too. But the because um, like as, as intricate and as nuanced as we're talking about his play needing to be they're still at seemingly every level, like whether it's an ultimate grandmaster or a platinum player or below or somewhere in the middle, Vegas will slide. And there was, I think it was a shuckle cartoon where he drew and it's just, it's a Vega crouching and it shows what he's thinking. And it says, 
hmm, the opponent's been down blocking for 20 frames. Next panel, I'm going to slide. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, it hits home because it's so damn true. So there's definitely a way. It, neither way seemed to be all that fruitful from what we've seen in tournament results, but there's definitely a way to play Vega dumb, and, uh, and that gets sprinkled somehow into every single Vega player's arsenal. Yeah, you got to play him like a wild man to have success with him. It's just, it's how he's designed. And then on top of that, you have to juggle a bunch of things to do that. So it's, he's kind of a crazy character, maybe too big of a departure from what he previously was. I know a number of Vega fans really hate him in this version of the game. And I can't blame him because he's just kind of, he's very different than what he used to be. I mean, I'm a gigantic Vega fan. um, And I'm not going to come here and tell others they're wrong. But, like, from my personal perspective, I think it makes sense to make him a motion character, even though we're used to having him as a charge character. I think the main problem with him is there's just stuff with him that doesn't work and that never really got addressed. And I think that's a a big frustration in playing him. Of course, I understand, though, like, if you're used to playing him as a charge character, which I am too then you'd be frustrated with having him be different now. I think it fits personally, but, you know, I'm just one opinion. Hmm. So at number five, we've got Dalsam. And then at number three, we have a tie with Gil. Uh, Steven, why don't you go and jump into Gil, because he's your new main. Yeah, uh, Gil is a character that I find I'm learning more and more as I play him. Obviously, that's how things work, but I feel like he's becoming more and more technical as I kind of further explore what this character can do. Um I think that a really big thing about this character, again, I go back to the fireball thing where conditioning people with his different fireballs, you know, because he has the ice ball and the fireball, right? And each one has its its certain, you know, the thing that it wants to do, right? Like ice ball is a slow moving fireball, you know, fireball is a a fast moving one. And then he has them at different ranges or different angles, uh, similar to the way that Urien does. But now you're mixing in different speeds and different things that you can do with each one. And there is a lot of conditioning that goes on with that, where I think this character... He can use that for so many different things, right? Where it's like he can use fireballs for pressure and all that as well. And there's weird little gaps that he has that you can exploit. But if a guild player knows what he's doing, he's going to make sure that those gaps are very, very tight or that he's using them at the right moment so that you're not exploiting those gaps kind of thing. But um, I think Gil is a character that on the surface you can get in there and, you know, do lariats and play him kind of, you know, kind of Shoto-y, right? Like a fireball game. But... As you start progressing to the higher levels, it's like so much becomes about retribution and setting that up and constant resource management and knowing what what state you left the opponent in and where you're at on screen and what normal you just hit. And it's it's pretty wild, dude, where it's like the conversion changes depending on if I'm in the corner, if I hit standing heavy punch or if I hit standing medium punch and what effect that I had the opponent with and all these different things. And there's so many different things that you're juggling and this character is just i've said it before i'll say it again i think he's being really underrated and i think a lot of that is coming from the fact that you have to do a lot of work with him and i don't think people are really excited to do that right now and it's just one of those things he's a sleeper hit dude yeah this is a character i moved up a single slot from the ratings we did a few weeks ago uh, because i've learned more about him he has to control a lot of aspects uh, of the match more than i realized and it's pretty wild you know to see the conversions he needs to net when he paints the other character with an element either you know ice or fire and then watching like people like Nemo and other stuff like just kind of not know what to do with some of the weird juggles and situations that come up you go oh wow like Nemo doesn't know what to do here like why did he drop that you know and it comes up a lot so 
you have to have a lot of experience and you have to be very dialed in with your reactions to land stuff consistently with this guy. Uh, you just, you come across so many scenarios you would not expect to come across with this character. And, and that's why I, I think we have him up so high. He's just, he's deceptively deep, mm -hmm. I think. So. Yeah, one of my favorite things to do with him too is throw ice ball during a block string and have somebody like jump back and then like land on it eventually, and then you dash in and do crouching heavy punch into ex uh, fireball and then do retribution stuff, and they're always like, "What the hell is that? Like, how did you convert off of this weird straight fireball that I just jumped on?" Kind of thing. And there's so many conversions like that, and you have to have so much awareness of like, "What did I just hit? And where am I at on screen? What are my resources? What can I do here? What's going to be the optimal choice?" And it's like that changes in the drop of a, at the drop of a hat, right? Like every time. And there's just so much to consider with that character. So at number three, we have G and he's also tied with Gil. He's a very super polarizing character as a number of people have called him brain dead easy, but he still ended up in our top 10 of the reader poll that we did on our website. It's just funny to me how perception of this character varies so wildly. We literally got accused of trolling by putting up as high as we did, like in our, our list that Stephen and I did previously. Um, people are like, you, "You, this has got to be a joke. You can't. And it's, yeah. So you either seem to respect what this guy takes to play or you think he's just stupid easy to use. Very few people have him in the middle. Nick did. Nick actually had him outside of his top 10. Uh, I think he had him at 14th, um, which is many steps down from, from the rest of us. But again it's just it, it it's like people think he's as easy to play as like cammy or someone like that and it's just it's really mind-blowing to me i think a main factor of that is how frustrating he is to get robbed by i mean he's a robbery character and it's easy on the other side just because a character's robbery you're gonna think oh that was like that was the easiest thing ever i'm so frustrated they didn't earn that at all and g has a lot of those factors regardless of how much goes into doing the actual robbery. Ibuki is also that type of robbery character, where, yeah, she's robbery, but it takes work to do the robbery, right? Yeah, he definitely has to dance in neutral, and he's got decent tools to do it, but he's very slow, and that makes it hard to uh, to use some of them. Man, but I'm, I've been hanging out the last, like, what is it, almost two years now, maybe, well, we'll say a year and a half, and listening to... Uh, Dream King and John talk about how technical the character is as one of the most technical characters in the game. And that has definitely swayed my opinion just out of the repetition and, and like how much we've gone back and, and explored that. I don't know if I've placed him too high or not. Uh, that that I just identify that as a possible influencer where maybe it wasn't exactly where I would have placed him otherwise. But, I mean, I played him for a little while just to get kind of the feel of him and whatnot, and that was more just in the realm of the basics. But his anti-air is being so good and being very rewarding. Um, the, the tools that he has to keep you away are very strong, um, but he does have to have some threading of the needle to get those to all work together. What Nick said is a huge part of it, that you, when you feel robbed and the things that he robs you with are very simple, and it's just like, throw this orb out there, and it I, I immediately I have to deal with this massive new presence on the screen in addition to the G that's also on the screen, and if I get clipped in any way from seemingly almost any distance, it turns into him doing a rush punch and taking me to the corner and getting all of this, so it's like, he, he's got a really, a, a lot of unbalanced things that um, are fairly simple to do yeah but he does have to thread needles um in certain respects so 
I don't know. He's he's up there, and he does have to play. Uh, the 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 presidentiality thing is the big thing, though, right? Because he has to choose what route he's going to go um, with, depending on where he's at, and and things along those lines. And he has to make the call between stun and damage, and I don't know. So there is that, and and having that where all, all most other characters don't have anything like that definitely is going to get him some uh, some weight on that side of the scale too. And I guess that's where I'm mainly coming from. I want to jump in specifically on that because I think the biggest crook here is talking about his presidentiality as something technical because his V-Trigger one throws that out the window. He gets presidentiality for free every round. Right, V-Trigger one is dumb. Yeah. But yeah, what about beforehand? The, yeah, yeah, so if you, ignore, if you ignore V-Trigger, then he becomes much more technical. Like, if we remove the V-System from Street Fighter V, I would rate him much higher. But it's I there. will jump in on that because... Shutting down V-Trigger 1 is hard. It's way too hard. It does need to be nerfed. I think we're all in agreement of that. But I've played against this character so much that you learn to shut down a lot of the V-Trigger 1 stuff that's hella scrubby. It's, again, way too good. But it you can really mitigate that factor a lot if you put in a lot of lab time against the character. Sure. But the point of it is the presidentiality system is what supposedly makes him technical, or one of the factors, at least. Um but he doesn't actually need to think about his presidentiality system once V-Trigger's there, because now he has it for free. And another thing about that is, uh, Raptor was saying, like, okay, he needs to pick here for stun or whatever. Yeah, sure, he needs to pick between stun and damage, but he has, of the vast majority of his conversions, he will get to charge and have Oki. I would be so much more lenient towards this character if he had to choose between Oki or Charging Presidentiality. I think that makes sense. I think what he has now, where he just gets both for free, is the same type of thing that his V-Trigger 1 is, which is you give this character complex systems and a technical edge to him, but then you just give it to him for free for no apparent reason as well. And that just that, that makes me put him down quite a bit from what I, where I would have him otherwise. Just to jump in, he gets that in the corner for sure. Uh, outside of the corner, he's not getting you know a free level up and then also Oki. Like that's that's not a thing uh, in the corner for sure. Once he has you pinned in the corner, uh, it's it's uh, one, once he's touched you once because then you're in the corner. Yeah, he has I mean, very good corner carry. Yes. Yeah, yeah oh, he has great for sure. Character. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, and it's but again, it's like you have to choose if you're mid screen. Are you gonna go and push the opponent to the corner to sacrifice damage or to sacrifice Oki to sacrifice leveling up? Like it's all that choice, right? Of okay, like yeah, I got the corner carry, but what am I gonna do with this now? Am I gonna put them in the corner so that I can do that? And now I'm at level zero. I have no level up, but they're cornered. It's constantly weighing that stuff, right? Again, in the corner, once you're there, he can do that stuff pretty easily for sure you can level up and then get oki which is pretty damn rough uh and then there's also the other aspect of it of which level do you even want to be in in the corner because for me i like level two in the corner but some people like level three some people prefer different things there so it's not just straight up he's in level three so now it's the best thing right it's it's depending on the character matchup and what you want to do in that with that game plan and stuff because there's matches where i will go to level three and i'll try to stay there as much as i can but a lot of times I like to be at level two better. I think that's a better, you know, thing for certain matchups. So it's, it changes there as well. And, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Nick, of like, hey, in the corner, it's pretty rough. It, it definitely is. Um, but it's, there's some more nuance to it as well. So right. Nick, I'm sorry. So John and Steven both put this uh, G as number 39 of 40. So just only one character was more technical. But in what we've talked about so far, I got to ask, like, 
you put this character above Gil and you put this character above Zeku. Like, do you still feel with as we've been exploring it that he's more technical than those two? Yeah, I do. And a few things we haven't talked about yet is he actually has two viable V skills. I know everyone talks about the orb, but you will see him actually pull out in other matchups and do the basically the absorb damage reduction gain V trigger type thing um, that he has. Also, another thing we haven't mentioned, I get that his V-Trigger 1 is super powerful and stupid good. It's also three bars. It's coming in very late in most matchups. Like 70 to 80% of the match is usually done by the time uh, G's V-Trigger 1 is coming out. Yes, it's too good, but it's also not a factor usually until the very end of, of matchups. Um, and with as strong as G is, my, my, my final point on him is he's either probably the number one or number two character in the entire game. I think most of us agree with that. If he's not in your top five, my mind is blown. Shoutouts <laughs> to Japan. I don't know what they're thinking, but you'd think that he would be so much more common in tournament because of how strong he is. But the people who have tried to pick him up and play him have really fallen off. Not a lot of people have stuck with this character. And with as strong as he is, he should be more played. And again, that goes back to the people I have talked to and tried to play him. They're like, yeah, he's hard to play. He's shockingly hard to play. But yeah. Uh, yeah, let me bring Number up a counterpoint the there, actually. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, you go first, Raptor. That was it, though. Just oh, number two okay. in the game, hard to yeah, play. Yeah, uh, all right. Which he's already kind of answered. Yeah, you know. let me bring up a counterpoint to that because he said, like, okay, well, the V-Trigger factors in very late into the game if he's losing. Absolutely. But the V-Trigger, V-Trigger 1 specifically now, that's giving him free presidentiality. So that's a factor. If he's losing the game, he's going to get it fairly late unless he burns it on V-Reversal. But if he wins the game, if he's the one dominating, he will also have it because he has it's built into the character. So if he's the one beating you down he will essentially have v-trigger one and if he's the one getting beat down he will have v-trigger one and i think that's very like few rounds that g doesn't activate yeah i, I, I agree and again it, but it's also you're, you're 70 percent of the match is played to get to that point you know it's like you're, you're at the very end and g is fairly weak defensively um you know there's some questions about that and, uh, and i get it but he, but how much of the decision is made by the V-Trigger? Uh, too much. Far too much. And, I, and again, I, it, it's it's why this character, I think we go back to it, he's so polarizing. Literally, we have people accusing us of being like, are you trolling by saying he's this technical? And, and I get it. But um, it's among us, we're actually all pretty much in agreement that he's at least reasonably technical. Uh, even Nick thinks sure. he's decently far up there. Yeah, I have him uh, in the upper half. And, but I, this is, I think all, all of our arguments here are, are well stated that this is why he's so polarizing. It's all these points you guys are bringing up are not invalid. Like they are legitimate and, and it's why people can't get kind of get over this character being what he is. Yeah. So. But I mean, if, if I, I don't really buy the argument that he has bad defense because his defense isn't worse than anyone else who lacks a DP. Uh, I completely yeah, disagree with that. How, <laughs> yes. how, um, how, how is his defense worse than Alex? Um, okay, Alex is a very <laughs> Alex sucks and, and okay okay let's ignore yeah, I, let's ignore Alex okay let me take okay. a different different example how is his defense worse than Cody's Cody has a reversal yeah Cody has a reversal with his it's a reversal um, from frame yeah, free G doesn't G yeah doesn't but it's all, still though. something he doesn't yeah, have G does all. not have that option yeah he but literally here, has a four frame. Uh, and if you're in up on G, he has a really tough time getting you off of him. He can be rushed down extremely well. Right, but getting in on G is not that easy because he has a fantastic ant there. He has good range on his normals. He has a one-button anti-projectile move that also functions as an anti-air. 
that's the thing. Defense isn't just and, and when as you're... you said it in this game that zoning is not heavily rewarded in Street Fighter Five like it is in other games. So sure. yes, G can zone in this game, but once you get in on him, he's pretty messed up. But I'm not talking about Sony. I'm talking about the opponent getting in on him to put him on the ground. Right, but as John he was outranges earlier, them in the neutral. Yeah, as John was saying earlier, that character is deceptively slow too. So yes, he has these great these great buttons that can control you, but he has to be threading that needle at all times as well because he has to make sure that he's he's hitting the right thing. If he throws fireball, there's a deceptive amount of recovery on that fireball too. So once he gets jumped in on, boom, he's on his back. He's losing presidentiality. He's he's losing ground basically, right? So yeah, he definitely can control this screen very well but it's constantly figuring out which button you're supposed to be hitting there and hitting it at the right time because again there's these big beefy normals they're great for sure but we go back to what we were talking about earlier of like these slower normals can be tougher to use right so yeah like he can do it but if he makes one wrong choice there he can be on his ass and then again i go back to the presidentiality thing where it's like you're losing your strength as you get knocked down so that stuff is crucial as well so you're constantly trying to weigh that right so yeah, but I just don't see how that's different against other characters because anyone who doesn't have a free frame or a DP is in the same situation and they probably don't have as strong of an anti-air game or anti-projectile game as G does. Look at Nash, for example. Nash has way more mobility and he has a teleport to escape. Nash has good um, dash, but he has terrible walk speed. Yeah, but I mean, again, he has a free escape with his teleport. Uh, not free, it's but not free. Nash players are going to kill me now. But he has a he has a teleport to escape. You know, and it comes but that's his V trigger. Yeah, but it's still yeah. Good. Even G's it, V trigger yeah, doesn't give him a reversal out though. So it's like he just doesn't yeah. have that choice at all, right? Like the best that he has is freaking you know command throw in V trigger two, which is like has armor on what frame three as well, I think. Or no, the the best that he has is wait for the initial hit, which everybody has to deal with unless you have a a, a reversal DP, and then yes, you have an answer there. But hey, get that blocked and you're done. Mm, so it's definitely not sword, that simple. But it is yeah. an answer. But it is an answer. So he has to hold that more than others. Yes, as if I'm putting pressure on G, there are certain situations where I go, he has to hold this because uh, unless I mess up the meaty. But then as soon as you've gotten past that and you have that situation of whether or not you want to retake space or he wants to interrupt, it is a four frame. But we talked about how fast normals are more easy to use. His four frame jab, though, is so efficient of a button because it, it has an insane reach and it can it confirms into the business. It's not like he's just stopping you from taking the ground and going back into neutral or going back into a, a neutral state where you have to play the game again. If he interrupts you with that, it's a full-on shift of the entire scenario where he's taking you to the corner and yeah. he's doing his thing and it's yet one more thing. So it's not it, like that becomes way more powerful when you consider like, yes, you can counter it and yes, it's not the fastest move but it gets another risk reward thing where he has a defensive option that has massive reward yeah and it's kind of tucked away in there yeah it's you guys can see we could debate g i think for an entire <laughs> podcast and make it a five sure. hour yeah, yeah. Uh, i don't think we'd have any trouble yeah we already done that right yeah. so um but we're gonna go ahead and move on let, let me just now. give my clo oh, closing thoughts here before we move on i do have him in my upper half i think he's reasonably technical i think you have to learn his roots and uh, you have to keep up with presidentiality levels because, I mean, even if you get the V-trigger, like John said, that's when you're in a bad position to begin with, probably. So I do agree with all those points. I just, I don't see him being so much more technical than others because he is very good at controlling space. And for the defense, I agree 
that his defense isn't good. I just don't see how it's in any way worse than like half the casts because bad defense is a big thing in this game across a lot of characters. And that's that's my thoughts on why I placed him 27th instead of like 36 or so. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So at number two, we have Zeku. Steven, this is a character that you used to play. What do you think? Yeah, this character is, um, man, he's he's basically, obviously he has young and old Zeku stance, but um, he's basically learning two characters at once kind of thing. Uh, and then mastering, being able to switch between them at the drop of a hat and choosing the right option for which matchup you're in and what situation you're in. Um, he's got so many different things. Uh, he's got a lot of, uh, he's got a strict or a high uh, execution requirement as well because a lot of his bread and butters and stuff switch between stances. And then it's weird because certain moves like v, uh, V-Trigger 2 will actually switch your stance for you. So you kind of have to keep track of where you're at with that kind of stuff as well. Um, he's got a lot of stuff. He's always had a lot of stuff. And then in season five, they gave him more stuff with, you know, the new V skills and all that. Um, it's, there's just so much to that character. Um, and one of the things I always go back to is just trying to learn how to play that character. Like it, it literally took me maybe two weeks just to even understand how to use him and, and be able to get wins kind of thing. And it's like, there's just a lot to that character. I mean, it's a constant juggling act and execution requirement and all that. It's he's, he's a beast, man. He's, he's two characters. Yeah, and basically. That not only do you have to learn two characters, but you have to learn passageways between the two of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. You have How to... is he more not more technical than G? I'm going to say. Oh, my God. We're <laughs> <laughs> we back. Back. kidding but no that's that's uh, i mean for someone that hasn't played him i just you know looking in from the outside and having experience what he what he can do there are some very clear limitations in both areas and and i think that actually adds to it as well because that adds to the bigger uh, meta game if you're young zeku you're playing with a certain pacing and a certain spacing and a certain i can't anti-air for crap when i'm young so i better be ready to not have to deal with that sort of a thing um, and then the the same goes for when you're old and in different components of the matchup and you're constantly automatically juggling so much and it's like what do I do with the combo here do I want to switch into my other form is that where I want to be as far as like afterwards uh, the stakes are raised with Zeku and his decision making processes because he's going to be committed to a bigger um, uh, mode of fighting for a longer time depending on what he does so when other characters are like do I want to give myself meter build or do I want to give myself Oki here he's doing that but in like a double dire situation or, or, or more intense his decisions there are more grave and he's got to decide you know which paths he's going to take so man that's a lot at least from this point of view that's a lot you're juggling especially coming from a Nikali player yeah and another thing to consider is you said it he's two characters and that's a thing a lot of people think think about like oh he's two characters that means he's twice as hard i mean kind of but it's also you need to learn the intricacies of each matchup for two different characters at the same time two different characters you're constantly switching between and you might need to switch your play style entirely depending on if you're old or young so you need to constantly be balancing your like for a normal character so to speak you'll be constantly shifting between your main and your sub in two different matches on two different TVs <laughs> that mi- are playing against the same one. That would be so... Yeah. yeah. Like, it's Just, just it's to a jump nightmare. in really quickly to that point, um, it also works in the opposite direction for Zeku, though, because it's like how many people have experience against both young and old Zeku and know that matchup really well for their character, right? So it's like you. a lot of times with Zeku, you can find yourself in situations where 
maybe the opponent is shutting down old Zeku, right? So you're like, okay, I'm going to switch to Young, and then they don't know how to fight that matchup, right? So it's like, yes, you have to learn that stuff, but you can also kind of use that to your advantage because how many of us knew how to fight, you know, Crane and Mantis from Gen, right? It's like he starts going off the wall and stuff. He starts doing crazy stuff. So you can kind of catch people by surprise a lot of times. And it's, again, it's it's a little bit of a both ways type of thing where it's definitely harder to learn that stuff because you're taking everything that you have to learn for each matchup for one character and then you double that but also again you have the element of surprise because not everybody has studied both matchups and and know how to do that and and that's what you'll find too with, with zeku players a lot of times is like certain matchups they'll just go ham on one style right where it's like this matchup i'm just going to play young zeku for the most part and i'm going to use that for the most of this matchup and that seems to work pretty well so that's that's one of those things too where it's like it's difficult to balance but there's also instances where it's just like, well, I can just kind of use this one style for the most part and be okay kind of thing. So that that kind of factored into the to the voting for me. And just to reiterate, like the, the voting here, like the numbers are very close as well. So it's not saying like G is way more technical than Zeku, right? It's like these are pretty darn close rankings. But in that sense, that's where I gave G the edge. And again, we go back to be trigger one and all that stuff, which I, I don't even use. So I have a little bit of a bias there too. But um that was kind of my thought process for the voting on Zeku as well. He was a character that so what, could have taken the number one spot for me, but I, uh, and even though I'm, I, I haven't, I'm looking forward to hearing what John says here because um, we'll get into the number one character, but uh, I, I can see one part of the character that's very clearly technical, but I'm not sure that it gives, uh, gives them the number one spot, but I, I think there's more to it. And uh, and so I want to hear what John has to say about him. Oh, I mean, uh, Zeku is. I have respect for every Zeku player I've ran across. I have yet to see someone scrub me out with him. And the fact that he doesn't have baseline Ungabunga at all, I get that young Zeku had some dumb stuff. But even as Steven said, he he he's like, it took me two weeks to get to the dumb stuff. You know, it's like that's locked behind a pretty good wall there. Uh, I again, it, there's no Zeku player I've ran across where I've been like, oh, that guy just doesn't know what he's doing. You know, so mm. yeah, def- definitely a specialist character. Mm-hmm. So moving on at number one, we have Manat. Uh, that's unanimous by pretty much everyone on the planet. I will say as a Manat main, this character often gets away with murder as to her perception. I obviously fully agree with her being the number one character uh, and also in a tier all of her own when it comes to execution. Um, but she's also not that insane to learn. It can be done is kind of what I'm getting at. You don't have to be Sako to play Monad, right? I'm not the best execution person on the planet. I picked her up and I've, I've done well with her. She is extremely technical, but she's more manageable than you might think. She's not impossible to play, just very difficult. So it, this is kind of more of like a general reminder because it's hard to say stuff that's new about Monad that we already haven't covered and everyone kind of knows inside and out. It's just a reminder for people that even with the most technical character to play in a fighting game you can do it if you really want to if you really don't mind putting the time in you can do this it's entirely doable and and that's really the key with with this list and and anything else it's like yeah if you really want to put the time into any of the characters that are, are um technical or not technical you can eke out value from them you can look at you know a character like Kami or nakali or anyone and you still see those characters win some tournaments right even though they've quote unquote been figured out and they have some massive limitations you can still put in enough time to get them to a point where they succeed uh you don't have to go to that most technical character in the game or wherever you can find success with pretty much anyone yeah um when it comes to monats 
I think the execution is the main reason I voted her so high. Because when I look at her game plan and like how how she needs to approach the matchup, how much she needs to think, I don't think she necessarily does that any more than a character like Falk, for example, who's way lower. But the execution required with Minot, especially when you go into V-Trigger, one or two really, but more with one, uh, is really high for Street Fighter V especially. Uh, it becomes a very like big barrier to overcome, but like you said, it's definitely not impossible anyway. If you want to play her, you're going to do it. It's not it's not impossible by any means. I mean, just do it. But it's going to take more work. By far and away, it stands out, the V-Trigger 1 combos that we got used to seeing, um, especially on the, the big stage with Sako and um, Infiltration, and then Justin Wong, who would famously kind of drop them and play with a different style. The the foresight that she has to have, haha, in the decisions that she makes with, you know, her, she can definitely poke you fairly freely because that's relatively safe, right? But her, um, you know, it, it, it she she has to be ready for a lot of stuff and when she drops that drops that ball then you know and you get in uh it's it's kind of hell for her and so not only is there intricacy in her execution and being able to juggle a lot of things and and you know have the the ball and do the combos specific to that and consider distance and all of that kind of stuff but then she also just in the meta has to kind of make decisions um and it's like she she definitely can react to stuff but she has to set up things, I think, in, with, with her range and, and speed in a, a slightly different way than most of the rest of the cast does. And I think there's an element of, um, of technicality to that. Yeah, it's yeah also... I want John to do nothing but monot puns from this point. <laughs> I can't stop. That was I'm not even trying to. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's also a thing that people probably don't think that much about unless they play monot is uh, once you have the orb out, your normals become completely different because orbless Minot and orb holding Minot um, have different ranges, I think different frame advantage as well, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, keeping track of where your orb is at all times is also a very important thing to do with her. Yeah, I think that when it comes to technical characters, one of the common traits we find is having to thread the needle throughout a match. And I think that nobody has to do that more than Monat. I think she's probably the poster child of that. She has to thread the needle a lot. Doesn't mean she doesn't have some cheap stuff. She definitely does. But it goes back to, you know, one mistake and it can be over kind of thing. Take it from somebody who's beaten Monat a lot in his life. That's uh, that's how I usually get my wins. I get the knockdown. But um I think that there, there's that and there's also the thing that people don't usually realize is that a lot of her combos and stuff change based on where you're at and obviously that's a thing but it's like just being a hair off can mean that the combo that you went for where it, it looks like it would normally work totally doesn't work and it's like you have to be aware of that stuff at all times kind of thing. Um, and I know John is licking his chops right now because I'm complimenting him, but I am going to use something that he said earlier to kind of, you know, tear him down a little bit now. But he said, you can totally do this. You can totally learn that character. Don't be, you know, don't be dissuaded from do trying to learn her because uh, as John was saying, you can totally do the combos. And John has been notorious for not being able to do any combos. And now he can do not combos. So <laughs> it's totally doable. Don't be too discouraged. Uh, if you want to learn her, you should. Uh, because if John can do it, you can do it. So, 
Yeah. And uh, actually, when Steven tried to play Monod on me, he struggled to do a two-hit combo, and I was like, that's all right, bro. You'll learn it. Yeah, like, but my Twitter, I was like finding that. some of the biggest combos early on in her release, so I have that stuff on Twitter if you want to see it. So I can totally do Monod combos. It's just John <laughs> decides to try to highlight that stuff when it's not true. So, all right. Mom and dad are fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Abigail, Monot, and G. If those characters come up, like, you know the Event Hub's chat is going to just be freaking popping for, like, a couple hours and stuff. It's it's really great when we get going on those characters, (laughs) uh, but yeah. Yeah, when it's like... Alex, everyone just sends me gifts of condolences. <laughs> Congrats on nobody, Lariat, bro. Yeah, nobody can argue that, right? <laughs> okay. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to us, and we'll be back with you guys soon. See ya. Thanks, guys. Play Ramblin'.